Good morning. And like Paul says, I do like to encourage yesterday. I encouraged him to sort the back garden out. Um, I started it off and I let him finish it. So I hope you're ready this morning to be encouraged. Yes, it was teamwork. You know, if you didn't get a bunch of flowers in the organized chaos and you're a lady, then please make sure you get one from the back. And also, if you know someone, if you've got a neighbor, if you would like to take one of these bunches of flowers away with you to give to somebody, then please go and get one and take one. Bless somebody, bless a neighbor, bless somebody, maybe there's somebody you know in your street and you think, well, no one's going to go and visit them today. Go and knock on the door, take them a bunch of flowers and say happy Mother's Day to them. And the, the little tags on have been colored in by the kids in Kids Church the other week, which I think is pretty special as well. So that's nice too. So please make sure you grab an extra bunch on your way out. Or if you didn't get one, then make sure you get one this morning. So like Paul said, it's Mother's Day today, which for some of us can be a very happy day and for some of us can be a really difficult day. And I want to talk this morning about a lady in the Bible who very often gets an extremely bad press. And I want to say to you through this this morning, whether you're a man or a woman, no matter what goes on in your life or where you're at or how you feel, there is always a way forward there is always something good that can come from where you are at or how you're feeling at this moment in time. So that's my heart behind what I'm going to be sharing this morning. And I've entitled it Eve's Endeavour. And some of you will think, oh, Eve. And I was chatting to someone the other Sunday and I said to them, oh, I'm preaching on Eve this, on Mother's Day. And they went, oh, Eve. And I was like, yes, Eve. And very often, for those of you who aren't sure, I'm talking about Adam and Eve who found themselves in the garden. Eve who was tempted by the serpents. Eve who ate the piece of fruit, which actually wasn't an apple. Can't, I can't even say what I'm trying to say, even though we think it is. Eve who then gave this piece of fruit to her husband who also ate it. Eve whose children committed murder. Eve gets a bad press. And you can think, well, rightly so. It didn't really go very well for her, but actually, there is so much more to Eve than the fact that she initiated the fall. <laughs> She's given us all something to do, hasn't she? But so often we point the finger at Eve, but it's not completely Eve. And Eve actually was a pioneer for womanhood, for being a mother and for being a wife. Because she had got no one to look to, to think, how do I be a mother? When that thing arrives in the world and you think, what do I do with it? Now, some of you may have been a bit more experienced with children than I was when I had my children. Poor Grace, she was experimented on. Grace was the first nappy I ever changed. Grace was the first baby that I managed to get to sleep through the night. That took some time. I didn't have a lot of experience of being a mum, but we have so many people that we can look to and we can ask and we have health visitors and we have midwives and we perhaps have our own mothers or, or fig, female figures in our lives that we can go to as women, whether you're a mum or not, whether you're a wife or not, as women, we've got people that we can look to and say, wow, they are good at being a woman. I want to be like that. Yet Eve... She didn't have this benefit. And you know, it can be so hard sometimes because we don't always get things right, do we? Not just as women, you men sometimes get things wrong as well. 
Just sometimes, yeah, not all the time, just sometimes. Just on the odd occasion when the woman's not overlooking what you're doing. <laughs> Sorry, ask for it. Don't heckle me. <laughs> but you know, sometimes we get it wrong, don't we? We get it wrong when we're trying to cook tea and we think, I know what my husband's or my, my children or my friend's favourite tea is, and all of a sudden, I don't like that anymore. I now hate burgers, mummy. But that's all you wanted to eat for the last 10 weeks. That is why I hate them. <laughs> Anyone else's children like that? We get it wrong when, when our children kick sofas and, and say, Mommy, my foot really hurts. We say, oh, you're fine. And then you take them to the hospital and they've broken things. We get things wrong. And that's just me. I'd love to hear your stories of when you get things wrong, not just with your kids or your husbands, but with your friends. We get things wrong. But you know what? I think there's so much to learn from Eve about getting things wrong. Because Adam and Eve then had to endeavor to build their life and their relationship with God after the fall and outside of Eden. And there are times in our lives where it can go so catastrophically wrong through choices we make, through relationships that we have, through things that happen that we have no control over. And we have to then rebuild our lives, just like Eve did. We have to rebuild our relationship with God. We have to find, again, a place where we can meet with God when Eden is no longer available. And I think there's so much to learn from Eve in and through what she does next. And you don't, when you read through Genesis and you read the story, it doesn't say a lot about Eve. But what it does say and what you see then happens in Genesis, I think speaks volumes of who she was and what she chose to do and how she chose to live her life. And I think this is something that we as women can grasp hold of this morning, but also for you men out there as well. I think there's something amazing that we can grab from Eve's endeavor as she began to rebuild a life after the fall and after the death of one of her sons. So I've got three very quick points this morning. I'm not speaking for long. I've got 20 minutes. I've already done seven of them, oh dear. And i just got three quick points that I want to encourage you with this morning so that you feel encouraged and equipped to go on an endeavor in your life this week. So the first thing that Eve was, was she was a life producer. In Genesis 3 verse 20, it says, Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. So Eve means that life giver, that mother of the living. Whereas Adam... His name actually means earth or dying body. So Adam, in his own weakness and frailty, recognized that when God gifted him with this woman, that she was able to produce life. And he recognized that within her. He saw within her the value of the life that she could produce and the continuation that she could bring because of physically who she was as a woman and what they could then produce together. Adam before Eve couldn't reproduce after himself. And we saw all the other animals made in, in Genesis. And they, they were made and they were reproduced after themselves. Yet Adam stood on earth as a dying man who couldn't reproduce after himself. Yet when Eve came along, she brought the ability to produce life physically, but also, I believe, in a completely different way. 
And that's what I want to say to you this morning. This week, this year, be a life producer in everything that you do, whether it's through the words that you say, whether it's through the actions that you make. In Proverbs 18, verse 21, in the message, it says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. You can choose whether you produce life for other people through the words that you say, through saying an encouraging word, through, through helping them with something that you say, by saying well done to them, by thanking them. It produces life because it produces something good and something fruitful, not only in your own relationship, but hopefully for them that they will go on and do likewise. I believe Eve had grasped hold of that. And we can grasp hold of it this morning as well. When I, worked in, um, when I worked in a primary school and I worked with children with special needs, and one of the key things that I always strived really hard to do was to give the kids a really positive sandwich, really. So that all the discipline that I did with the children that I worked with was always based on a positive way of doing it. It wasn't based on, if you don't do this, then this you won't get this. It was based on, if you do this piece of work, then you get so many stickers and we get to do this. It was all positive-based. And for some people and for some teachers who I came across, and for some parents as well, they really struggled with that concept of thinking, why are you working positivity into getting them doing what just the other kids were just doing anyway? But my argument would be, it's because if you breathe in life into them by breathing positivity and encouragement and help, then life will come out of them. Rather, if, if I'm not breathing positivity into them, if I'm speaking down on them and saying, if you don't do this, then you won't get this, it's not going to produce any life, but it's going to produce fear or disappointment or low self-esteem. I don't know about you, but I want to produce in people higher self-esteem. I want to produce positivity within them. I want to produce something within them where they believe that they can. And I think these are five things that you can consider when you speak to people. Ask yourself these questions. Is it true what I'm saying to them? Is it helpful to them? Because it might be true, but it might not be helpful. Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Do I really need to say that to that person? Or is that not going to help them? And finally, my favorite, is it kind? If we can't be kind in the words that we speak, then I don't believe life will be produced. Mother Teresa says this, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. Mother Teresa was all about those kind words, but she was also about the actions. So this week, let me encourage you, create some ripples with your kindness. Create some ripples as you breathe and speak life into other people's situations and circumstances. It's all about what you're looking to produce, not what you're looking to stop and to hinder. But if you want to produce life in somebody, encourage them, speak goodness to them. I believe it will change their life.
I believe it changed Eve's and Adam's. The second thing that I want to say to you that I think Eve was is this, be a helper. And the word that it uses for helper in Genesis when it describes Eve is also the same word that's used in the Psalms to describe God, which I think is quite amazing in the fact that for many, many years, people thought that, you know, women were second class and weren't good enough because Eve was the helper. But God actually describes himself as our helper. God is our helper, which is an amazing concept. And in the same way, he describes Eve as Adam's helper, that we're there to support each other, to be a team, that no one is better than anyone else. But we're there to love and encourage one another, even if sometimes we're running our own race and doing our own thing. I've just got a video clip I'd like you to watch. Thanks, Jess. Second heat in the women's 5,000 metres. All eyes will be on Almaz Ayana, a new world record holder over 10,000 metres. Nikki Hamlin there, she's had a Commonwealth medal over the years. D'Agostino of the USA giving the camera a little wave. Two heats. Five fastest loser spot. Ayana is now leaving the back straight and the rest of the pack has just entered the back straight. Oops, there's a fall at the back of the field here. There's a couple of runners down. And the other athlete who's fallen has decided to stop back there with her. And she is in a lot of trouble, D'Agostino. It's D'Agostino and Nikki Hamlin. Hamlin stumbles on the inside line and then a really nasty fall and an ankle problem there for D'Agostino. The American was initially showing more concern and then realised how much pain she was in. D'Agostino is going to finish this race. It's going to be a very, very painful mile for the American. Brave, brave performance to carry on. D'Agostino is being passed now by Almaz Ayana. It really will be an emotional finish to her race, which will come way after the top five qualifiers. Abby D'Agostino, tears of frustration, and maybe hopefully one day she will look back on this as a moment of great pride, embraced by the woman whose aspirations also came to an end, the ankle clearly hurting. as she decided to finish the race. And that is the very embodiment of the Olympic spirit, alive and well, here in Rio in 2016. Some of you may remember that scene from the 2016 Olympics in Rio. And I just think that is absolutely amazing. Both of them were awarded places in the final, although they didn't qualify for it, simply because of the sportsmanship that they showed, because of the help 
that they showed one another. And I loved it when it said on one of the lines, sometimes endeavor has its own reward. Sometimes we need to endeavor alongside others. Eve understood that. She endeavored alongside Adam. They endeavored together then to make a life outside of Eden, to make a life after the fall. Can I encourage you, endeavor alongside people this next week, this next year. Be a helper to those in need. Be a helper to those who have fallen next to you. The Bible tells us, run the race with endurance. That there's a whole cloud of witnesses cheering you on. But let me encourage you, don't allow those who fall next to you to stay fallen. Encourage them, inspire them, help them, speak positivity to them. Let's pick people up and help them to finish their race too. And you know, in the final, Dagestano didn't even compete because of her injuries. But Hamlin came 17th. She didn't even come in the top three. So you'd say, well, it was pointless giving them that place. But they gave them that place because they wanted to say something. This is about the spirit of what we do. It's not about whether we think someone's going to go and do something. Wow, totally amazing. It's not about whether we're looking for the next Mother Teresa or Martin Luther King. It's about helping someone get to where they've chosen and want to go and see them finish what they've set their mind to do. Can I encourage you? Be a helper. Be a helper. And the third thing and final thing I want to say to you this morning is have the courage to start again. You know, when we look through what went wrong for Adam and Eve, we can say, well, it's all about adhering to God's commandments and it's all about who they were aligned to and what they were doing and this, that and the other. But do you know what? We can either spend all this time analysing and looking at what went wrong or we can look at the reason of why they moved on. And we can consider that ourselves. So often we can get so caught up in why we end up in the places that we end up in. Why we find ourselves in such difficulty, in such emotional turmoil, in financial dire straits. Why do we find ourselves in these places? And yes, it's good to look at it because then we learn and we don't make those same mistakes again. But if we spend a whole life focusing on it, then we miss the reason to move forward. Eve caught hold of the reason to move forward. And the reason to move forward was to rebuild again what they'd lost. To find that relationship with God again. Genesis 4, sorry, let me read you a quote first. C.S. Lewis says this, You are never too old to set a new goal or to dream a new dream. And you may be old in years, or you may be old in experience, or you may just feel done in by life and you're in your 20s, but you are never too old. You have never done too much. You have never gone too far to dream afresh again, to allow God revive within you those dreams that have been lost, and for you to step out and start again. Genesis 4:25 says this, Adam and his wife had another son. She said, God has given me a son to replace Abel, whom Cain killed. So she named him Seth. And the name Seth means set, settled, placed, or appointed. 
after Cain and Abel, I can't even begin to imagine what Eve was going through. And yet she found comfort in the fact that she could start again and be settled in a place again where there'd been turmoil and where things had gone completely wrong and she had no hope for a future. Yet again, through this next child, through Seth, there was a way to settle again and rebuild in that place of being settled. God is calling you not to settle so you give up on everything, but to settle so you're in a firm foundation so you can rebuild again. It talks about in the New Testament, Jesus tells the parable of building on solid ground or building on sandy ground and that we should build on a solid rock which is Jesus Christ and I believe that in the in Seth they found again how to rebuild upon God and this morning it may be for you that you need to find again how to build on God on Jesus who is a solid foundation that your dreams that your relationships that your future will not fall away underneath you but you can stand and settle again and rebuild and it's hard it's hard to move on from past mistakes It's hard to let go of pain and heartbreak and things that didn't work out. But can I encourage you, Eve, as she stood at the edge of Eden, wishing that she'd done things differently, I'm sure, was able to rebuild and to find God again, was able to have new dreams and a new hope. And this is how I know Let's read in Genesis 4, 26, Jess. Seth also had a son, and he named him Enosh. And at that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. Eve saw in her grandson that again, again, people would call on the name of the Lord. It is the gift of God that family is rebuilt. It is the gift of God that your future is secure no matter what your past has been. That faith and relationship can be rebuilt with God again no matter how far you fall, no matter how deep you are, no matter how dark it seems. God creates opportunity to rebuild to secure and to offer a future like you never dreamed that is better than the one you'd planned that all fell apart so this morning I want to encourage you have the courage to start again Build your courage upon the rock that is Jesus Christ who will not move, who will not be shaken, who will not let you down. You can rebuild again on him and you can rebuild securely in the knowledge that he never leaves you or forsakes you and that you can trust in him. My time is gone. But can I remind you that those dreams that you feel are lost, those relationships that broke you to pieces, those circumstances, those losses, those areas where you grieve, 
that you think you'll never be rebuilt from, this morning, have the courage to start again and build on a solid foundation that is Jesus Christ. Eve endeavoured alongside her husband, Adam. They endeavoured together. We need other people. Stand firm with those around you. And just as we saw Eve endeavoured, can I encourage you this week, endeavour, endeavour to build again. Endeavour to be a helper to those in need. And endeavour to produce life that will help other people. Let's just pray as we close. Father God, I thank you that you are a good and a faithful God. I thank you for all the women in the house this morning. I pray your blessing upon them. God, if today is a tough day for people here, I pray that you would encourage them, that you would be with them. But God, I pray that we would have the courage to start again in areas where we haven't dared. That you would give us faith, that you would give us positivity, that you would give us new dreams. God, I thank you that you have good plans for us this morning. 